Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. As I said at the outset, we're continuing tonight through our series with the epistle lessons, and as with last week, we're in the book of Galatians. So if you want to keep your epistle or your uh, worship folder open to that reading from Paul, uh, Paul's letter to the Galatians, that's where we'll be hanging out at. And also I'd remind you too, if you didn't grab a handout and you'd like one, um, there should be some more back there if you'd like to follow along. And if not, that's okay too. I won't be offended. But uh, we're getting into this reading from Galatians chapter 5. And here's the first thing I want to say about it. The struggle is real and it is good. The struggle is real and it is good. Last week, I played uh, in the softball game. Did anybody else out here play in the softball game? All right. No other intrepid softball players. It worked out okay. One young lady took a softball to the face. She's doing better that was unfortunate. But if, uh, you know if you've played in the softball game or uh, gone over to the softball field over at camp before, that there's a scoreboard up there. And we divide the teams up into what? Saints and sinners. Saints and sinners. I, of course, was on the Saints. <clears throat> Saints and sinners. And it, it is. It's funny. But it kind of plays into uh, a tendency that we all have, particularly as Christians, I think, to divide the world up this way. All right, there's two teams out there in the world. There are the saints and there are the sinners. Of course, everybody who's here, we're, we're the saints, right? All of God's people, all Christians, we're the saints. But all those other folks out there, they are the sinners. And, and there's something reassuring, comforting about that. We are on God's team. We are on the winning team. As for those sinners out there, well, it could get ugly. The reality is more complicated and it's that reality that Paul touches on in this reading. See, yes, we are saints and sinners, but the dividing line is not between two opposing teams. The dividing line cuts through every Christian's heart. See, every single one of you, by virtue of your baptism, is a saint. Because of God's Holy Spirit dwelling within you, you have been sanctified, justified, made holy in God's sight. You are a saint. But you are also, at the same time, still a sinner. 100% saint, 100% sinner, simultaneously, in the same heart, in the same being. And you felt that tension before, that struggle. And that's the struggle that Paul is talking about in this reading. He says, the desires of the flesh are contrary to the Spirit, so that it keeps you from doing what you want to do. Can I get an amen on that? You feel that. We all know what that's like. And Paul is kind of diagnosing that struggle. But what's kind of surprising is to think this struggle is real, but the struggle is also good. And the struggle is good because it speaks to the fact that you are a new creature who's wrestling with that old creation still hanging around inside of you. Put it this way. See, if all you were was sinner, as you would be, apart from Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit, there would be no struggle, would there? You would just be going on doing what you, your normal sinnerly ways. But the fact that there's a struggle within you testifies to the reality that now you are one who is reborn by the Holy Spirit. You with me so far? You have that struggle inside of you, and that struggle is good. 
But here's the thing. It's hard to live in that tension. It's hard to live in that tension. Our temptation is to fall off all the way on one side or the other. Either to say, well, I am 100% sinner. You know, more often we, we do it in kind of the, um, what's the guy from Winnie the Pooh, the Eeyore voice. You know, woe is me. I'm all sinner. There's no hope. Or to fall off on the other side and say, oh, I am 100% saint. There is nothing that can harm or hurt me because I am all right with the Lord. Both of those things are true, but not independent of one another. See, The struggle, the tension of the Christian life is to live in that paradox that we are simultaneously saint and simultaneously sinner at the same time. So what I want to do with the rest of our, our time this evening is to unpack both of these sides and to see how it can be dangerous to fall off on one or the other and how we can live more faithfully into that tension. So on the one hand, on the one hand, there are those who fall off on thinking that they are only saint, that they are 100% sola saint. But number two on your handout, you're following along here, to think that you're only saint neglects the stubbornness of the flesh. Neglects the stubbornness of the flesh. Now I will say there's something very appealing about this idea that you and I would be only saints, that we would have it all together, that our lives would be just saintly all the way down. And the scriptures do speak this way sometimes. I mean, they talk about how you, as one of God's children, have overcome the evil one already. Past tense, it's completed. Already, sin has been dispensed with. You are a new creation. That's a reality. That's true for you. And there's something very appealing and powerful about that. I spent a, a summer some years ago living and, and serving in Detroit, inner city Detroit. And while I was there, I went to an all African-American church, except for me. <laughs> and it was wonderful. It was such a, a powerful and uplifting spiritual experience for me throughout the summer. And one of the things that really sticks with me is this song that they would regularly sing in this church. You know, everybody would be up, and they would start marching. They would start marching. I'm not going to ask you to do it right now, but you're tempted to. I know. They would say, they would say, Be not afraid, be not afraid, be not dismayed, be not dismayed. Walk in faith and victory. Come on. Walk in faith and victory. For the Lord, the Lord, your God, your God is with thee. Not bad, right? Oh, thank you, thank you, yes. And you would come out of a service like that and you'd be like, all right, I'm going to walk in faith and victory this week. I am 100% saint. I am a new creature. I don't need to worry about sin and Satan. They are defeated. I am totally new. And then Monday comes, right? Or maybe not even Monday. Maybe it's just the drive back home after church. And you realize, oh, that sinner is still there. See, when you go on this side where I'm only saint, I'm only sanctified and holy before God, it neglects the power, the stubbornness of what Paul calls our flesh. 
Now, when he talks about the flesh, he's not just talking about your skin, okay? He's talking about what we call like your sinful nature. That crooked desire within each and every one of us to go away from God. And we can't just uh, throw the blame at Satan's feet here. Yes, Satan wants to tempt us. Yes, he wants to, to lead us away from God. But the problem isn't just out there. It's also in here too. Paul alludes to this when he says, see, the works of the flesh, the works of the flesh. See, we are complicit in this. We are active in these fleshly works, the sensuality, impurity, sorcery even, enmity, and on and on it goes. Paul is saying, look, beware. You might be all saint, but you are still all sinner. The works of the flesh are still active in you. And it can be dangerous to neglect that. I knew a young man once, he said, uh, I get this kind of thing all the time. Here's the problem with you Lutherans, all right? Have these sorts of conversations. People, like that's a great way to start a conversation with somebody. This is the problem with you Michiganders. This is the problem with you. That's never a good way to start a conversation. But the guy, he says, this is the problem with you Lutherans, see? You confess your sins every week. Each and every week, you guys stand up and you say, I, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. Of course, he didn't quote all the confession. But he, I said, why is that a, a problem? Why is that something that's wrong with us? He said, because what about the people who haven't sinned that week? Now you're just making them feel guilty. And I said, <laughs> hold it right there, bub. The people, you say, who haven't sinned this week? Yeah, I mean, I got weeks sometimes where I'm just really in tune with the Spirit, and I'm not sinning at all. Sinning at all. I'm like, hey, baby, eh, not so fast there. Martin Luther says in the small catechism, he says, if you ever doubt if you're a sinner, check your pulse and make sure that you're still breathing. Okay, Still breathing? Yes, then you're still sinning. Look, if you think that you are beyond the pale, that you are, are suddenly so sanctified in this life that you don't need God's grace anymore, that you don't need to confess your sin and be forgiven, I got news for you. You are deceiving yourself. That's not just Pastor Tanetti's thoughts, okay? That's what the scripture says. Indeed, we recited that as part of our confession in the liturgy, didn't, it? didn't we? Uh, if we say we are without sin, we What? deceive ourselves. Deceive yourself, and the truth is not in you. And here's where I often invoke my mom's famous quote, that once you can smell yourself, everybody else has been smelling you three days. See? <laughs> if you say that you have not sinned, you might think so. You might be deceiving and deluding yourself. I can promise you that nobody else thinks that. And if you're married, just ask your spouse. Okay? That will help to, to clarify. Look, Every one of us, we're 100% saint, and that's important to recognize, but we're also 100% sinner still in this life. And to fail to recognize that fact puts us in a dangerous position, making us all the more vulnerable to the temptations of the flesh and the temptations of the evil one. So that's on the one side of things. Yes, we're 100% saint, but we can't forget that at the same time, we're also 100% sinner. But what about on the other side of things? What about the, the person who just sees that they are sinners and forgets that they're a saint? 
Number three on your handout here. To think that you are only sinner shortchanges the power of the Spirit. To think you're only sinner shortchanges the power of the Spirit. Now again, as with the other side, to focus just on how you're 100% sinner, that does speak to a deep truth about us. It does speak to the fact that every single one of us is constantly inclined to sin and in a very real sense is not in control of our lives at all. I mean, some of you may have experiences with Alcoholics Anonymous, either yourself or a family, loved one who's gone through that. When the people gather together around in a circle, they don't say, Hi, I'm Ryan, and I am in total control. The most fundamental truth that not only alcoholics, but every single one of us needs to recognize is, I'm not in control. The good that I would do, Paul says in Romans 7, the good that I would do, I do not do. And that which I do not want to do, that I do. See, (laughs) That tongue twister speaks to that duality in our lives. We recognize we are not in control. See, That we are still wrestling the works of the flesh in our hearts. That speaks to a deep truth about us. But... It's not the only truth. It's not the only truth about you. And here's where I would say the problem with us Lutherans, sometimes, sometimes, is that we become so vividly aware and cognizant of our sinfulness that we neglect and forget our saintliness. Yes, you are a poor, miserable sinner, but you are also a rich, reborn saint in the Lord. That is no less true about you. And indeed, I would go so far as to say that is the more fundamental, essential truth about you now, is that you have been reborn by the Holy Spirit. You have been forgiven. You have been made clean in the eyes of God. When God looks at you, he sees the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ. As we said last week, we are new creatures. We are new creations. In the Lord, you are renewed and reborn. Don't forget that. See? And don't, don't cut yourself so much slack by saying, well, I'm, I'm just a sinner. See? No, you are not just a sinner. You are a just sinner. See? You are a righteous sinner. One who has been justified and made holy by the blood of Christ. Don't neglect the power of Christ, what he has accomplished for you. Do not shortchange the power of the Holy Spirit and the fact that you are a new creature. Are we preaching yet? This is also the reality about you. You might fail, but you're not just a failure. You are reborn by the power of the Spirit, and he is working new life in you, even if it's just little baby steps. There's a a pastor by the name of Greg Boyle who serves in inner city Los Angeles. And he works with gang members. That's his ministry, his outreach, is to gang members. And uh, if ever there were a group of people who think that there is no hope for them to change, that there is no hope for them to be new creatures, It would be inner-city L.A. gang members. 
one of the ministries uh, of uh, Father Boyle's outreach, which um, is called Homeboy Industries, <laughs> is to remove tattoos. See, a tattoo is this vivid symbol of something or someone who cannot change. It's irrevocable. You can't remove it. Well, in point of fact, they, you can remove it, and that's part of their ministry, is removing tattoos on gang members. But even more deeply, it's removing the tattoos that are on the heart and on the soul that says, I'm worthless. Uh, I'm unworthy of God's love. I'm somebody who can't be reclaimed by Christ. One of those that Pastor Boyle tells a story about was a, a 10-year-old boy named Lula. And Lula, at 10 years old, had already been cast aside, forgotten about. People had said that he, he's special ed or that he, there's no hope for him. He's not smart. He's stupid. He's a troublemaker. On and on it goes. And Lula himself, of course, had started to believe this. But Pastor Boyle was slowly bringing the love of Christ to bear on this little boy, Lula. So that one day, Lula comes to, uh, comes to Pastor Boyle's office. And Pastor Boyle's in a meeting with some other people, but Lula comes and he stands in the doorway and he's doing a dance. Looks like he has to go to the bathroom, doesn't have to go to the bathroom. He's waving a piece of paper. It's his report card. And Pastor Boyle says, okay, the meeting's got paused for a minute. I gotta talk to my man Lula over here. Lula, you come here. What is it you wanna show me? Lula comes over to him and he gives him the report card. You know, Pastor Boyle takes it. Lula. He starts looking at it. He's looking at all the grades. F. 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 Nothing but Fs. And he's you know, kind of frantically looking around on the paper. There's got to be something that he can praise him and affirm him for. What is he so excited about on this report card? He finally gets down to the bottom of the page where it says, absences. Zero. <laughs> and he thinks, a lot of good that it's done him. But, but... He says, oh, Lula, great job. You didn't miss a day of school. Oh, that's wonderful. Little baby steps. Say, little baby steps. Because you fail, it doesn't mean that you're a failure. Because you sin doesn't mean that you are only a sinner. In this life, sometimes we are flunking over and over and over again. But in the midst of that, God doesn't see your failures and your flunking. He sees his son. And with every little step that you and I take, that we walk by the Spirit, God says, oh, all right, there you go, that little baby step. See, this is the, the last thing on your, on your handout here, number four. To be a Christian, to be a Christian is to be on the way to be on the way. I have a quote on the wall of my study in there from Martin Luther, and I've, I've printed it for you here. It says this, this life therefore is not righteousness, but growth in righteousness. It's not health, but healing, not being, but becoming, not rest, but exercise. We are not yet what we shall be, but we are growing toward it. The process is not yet finished, but it is going on. This is not the end, but it is the road. All does not yet gleam in glory, but all is being purified. You are in the midst of the struggle. 100% sinner, it's true. 
but 100% saint as well. Keep in step with the Spirit. Know that you already are forgiven and reborn in Christ. You have crucified the flesh. You have been reborn in holy baptism. Keep in step with the Spirit and know that your Heavenly Father celebrates every little step along the way. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.